Bam. Good morning. I I I I don't see the uh I don't see the thong song even as an option. I don't even see it as an option in this layout. I don't know what's going on. I'm taking up the whole window this morning. Something's different. Something's different. Here I am. Good morning. I was thinking uh I used to be freaked. Oh, let me see. Maybe I can tweak something over here. I used to freak out uh in the early days. Back in the day, what if my guest didn't show up? And now basically that is the uh that's the show. Those are the show. Oh, here, here's the Josh and Sevon show. Okay, not that. Here's a uh, Wadapalooza. Definitely not that. Uh th this is the oh shit. I forgot to do Rumble this morning. Okay. Error number one already in the books. Yeah, I used to freak out when shit would go sideways. Now it just seems like it's the norm for me. Um I haven't checked the comments yet to see if you guys can even hear me here. Oh, here it is. Okay. Thong song. Thong song. I, I need a peptide song. CA peptides. California peptide song. To honor my sponsor and Paper Street Coffee. And BirthFit. I bet you BirthFit never thought that they would be uh, being talked about while the thong song plays in the background. Man, oh man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to protect these kids? I don't know if protect is the right word. What are we going to do to raise these kids right? What is going on? I'm going to ask Greg a hard question as soon as he comes on today. <clears throat> if he does come on. I don't expect anyone to come on. I don't expect any guests to uh, fulfill their obligations. They're always welcome to come on my show. The invite is out there. I really hope Sarah Sigmund's daughter makes it tomorrow. But if she doesn't know hard feelings not a big deal it is not a big deal at all i'm a very very easy uh friend confident i can hold my own life's good uh-oh Ooh, not again uh where are we uh, jake chapman sevi i'll have to miss today's live however i'd like to know greg's thoughts on mal situation the thing is is he i would have to explain it to him and how would i explain it a young girl who was supposed to win the games pulled out at the last minute. Any thoughts on that? A Hiller's hypothesis, a younger athlete suffering psychologically. What does that mean to suffer psychologically? That means when the um, voices in your head get uh, too loud, like you have thoughts that are too loud, like you're just chilling, you take a bong rip, and then all of a sudden you have this thought in your head, is someone, is, is my iPhone watching me? Is my iPhone watching me? And you can't get away from that thought and it's too loud. Is that, that's mental illness? That's, um, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm wasting my life. I'm wasting my life. And you can't get away from that thought. That's, that's mental illness. That's the, 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 the thoughts that are getting loud instead of like being something you're just watching and able to tap into or not tap into. They're just, they become so loud and you can't accept them for their loudness. I don't, oh shit. The phone's not even hooked up. Hold on Mars. Well, that's good. I'm glad he tested this out. Um, get this thing hooked up let's get this thing hooked up hold on mars uh your roadcaster is now discoverable uh let's go over to uh bluetooth settings man what what a great show what a great mess uh let's click that um no let's click that roadcaster connected there he is good there morning. we are hey good morning. good morning how are you today I'm, I'm fucking good. I feel good. You know, I'm excited. I'm back in my routine. 
I love mm. being here in my studio. And we learned uh, something to, uh, last night. There's there's a guy who's been helping me out with my show. We're gonna we were supposed to redesign the whole studio yesterday, but instead we worked on some technical stuff that's gonna allow me to get better recordings for better video on um, for like uh, social media posts and YouTube and not whatnot. Mm. So we got that fixed. Always always refining. Yeah, You're like moving up the leaderboard every day. Yeah, I th- it, it feels like that. I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. I had two shots of espresso. I got my Paper Street coffee. My bun went in on the first try. How are you? Oh, uh, hello? Hello, Mars? Oh, shit. I just... Wait, 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 wait. Got, uh, hello? Yeah, there we are. You got disconnected. Hey, I wanted to get this in real quick before Greg called it. Ah, that's what your mom said. <laughs> no, no, sorry. That's what I said to your mom. All right, that's good. I do not uh, let your mom peg me. I don't care if that was a, that was not a Freudian slip. That's okay. My my mom uh, my mom's not Danielle Brandon, so that's all right. Oh. Hey, you, th- you think she pegs uh, her, dude? No, there's somebody oh. who said that you, you would let Danielle peg you the other day. So oh. deep deep callback. Hey, um, so I've been wanting Greg to just if he knows anything about La Sierra uh, PE. Oh, that is a great. That is a great question. Uh, describe last year, uh, physical education program from the '60s. Coach Stan Laprati, Carmichael, uh, California. Tell me the guy's name again. Stan what? Stan Laprati. Laprati. Uh, I, I know uh, Greg got. California. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to Google it real quick just so I can talk a little more. Uh, let me. Uh, La Sierra. High school. You don't want to know how I spelled Sierra. What? Sometimes I do the dumbest things. Two R's. Yeah. I, right. I, I, dude, I put it. Don't tell anyone. I, I started the first time I, I wrote it. I wrote it. Sarah. C-E-R-A. I know how to spell Sierra. I just I just think weird sometimes. Uh, hmm. I, I just don't hear Sierra. I, 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 I don't know what Armenian, I It's an Armenian spelling that you have sometimes. It comes sometimes goofs it up. La Sierra High School. Stan uh, Laprati. Yeah, I don't know if you'll find a lot on Stan Laprati if you Google Stan Laprati. The program's more famous than he is. But, yeah. Uh, and I know I talked to one of the guys who did the documentary. I'm not sure if uh, – I don't remember his name. But they did a documentary about it. I don't know if he has any thoughts on it. I don't have any specific questions other than I just think it's fascinating and wondered, uh, you know, why that program got – Squashed so fast. I mean, I have my suspicions, but uh, JFK was trying to push it like crazy across the U.S. But it, it, it would have been too much for a public school. The insanely difficult standard of history's hardest PE class. Um, uh, that's yeah. one of the articles. Uh, I do know that um, there was a. I've, I've heard Greg talk about a time when he would go to, and I'm sure he'll talk about it um, if and when he jumps on this morning, where. Um, uh, he would go to parks, and that's where he would train. That's where he got uh, cut his teeth. Is that the term? Well, that's uh, what becoming a gymnast. Calisthenics. Yeah, calisthenics, gymnast stuff, and and uh, rigs. And, yeah, yeah, he dude, said there'd be steel rings just hanging in a park. Right. And the same right. way kids yeah. gathered at like a, a, a you know like at um, some curb they're not supposed to be grinding on, kids would gather at this at these steel rings and take turns doing stupid crazy shit. Yeah. Any any question just of the old school. PE class because like PE class in the early 1900s was sometimes pretty hardcore too. Like they had those wooden dowel things on the wall where kids would do like uh, I don't know parallettes or whatever you'd call them. You mean pegboard? But, pegboard? 
don't know. You're really talking about a lot of pegs this morning, aren't you? Peg, pegboard, pegboard. I was huge. I was huge in the. Uh, oh shit! They even uh, this website I'm on even shows you what the standards are to get the different are colored, you on, colored are you shorts. On a documentary or website or like on Lean Beret's website. Uh, I'm on Get Action AOM. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, your art of manliness there. But look at um, they have intermediate is ten pull ups, thirty two push ups, twelve bar dips, sixty sit ups, standing broad jump yeah. of six foot nine, and then blue advanced is fourteen pull ups, forty eight push ups. Wow, forty eight push ups. That's solid. Well, it mm. like it goes all the way up to like gold, like they're color coded, which is like the interesting thing. It's I see blue like is the highest art. here. It's called the ultimate athlete. But you're saying well, there's one like above blue. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I think I think gold is the highest, and I think it's kind of like martial arts where they start off at one color and then they work their way up, just like you know, white belt to blue belt, purple belt, all that stuff. And it, I guess, really motivated the kids in that school, and it completely changed the way they interacted. There was like virtually no bullying, stuff like that, because kids had an outlet. So, hey, listen to some of these things for the blue. Uh, thirty-four pull-ups. That's that's solid. I've never been able to do thirty-four strict pull-ups. And that's my bread and butter. A bar dip's 52. I don't think I've ever been able to do 52 bar dips. I used to be pretty good at those. Handstand push-ups, 50. I wonder if that's unbroken. Oh, yeah. First, you had to earn. Oh, no. The gold trunks were like the very first ones. Oh, okay. The, the median and ceiling substandards within the blue level are categorized uh, as their own colors, uh, purple and gold. To test for the navy blue trunks, first, you had to earn your gold trunks. Listen to this. Uh, uh, you had to do a uh, uh, one arm burpees. One arm burpees. I don't think I've ever even seen those. Have you seen those? I have not seen those. You had to do uh, no. twenty six and thirty seconds, dude. That's, dude. Have you seen the documentary yourself? No. No. Well, if you ever want to watch it sometime while you're on the uh, elliptical, you go for it. I I, I saw what you did there. Uh, uh yeah. pegboard five trips. That's a lot. A uh, handstand hold 45 uh, seconds. I'm assuming that's free. Man lift and carry. You ready for this, Logan? Carry your, carry another dude or some chick five miles. Five miles. That's yeah. like the top one. That's that's yeah. If you want to get the blue, uh, the the mi- the mile run. You ready for this? Five fifteen. Five fifteen. Oh, oh, a five mile jog. <laughs> you just had to finish. Um, you had to swim a mile in the prone position. I'm, I'm assuming that means that's freestyle, right? Oh, no, no, no. That just means any of the strokes, right? Freestyle, breast, doggy paddle. Um, one mile. I, I feel, I feel kind of like advocating for stuff like this is kind of like advocating for a libertarian government. It all sounds really awesome and really nice, but it's like, the, it's like idealized as like the perfect system. And it's just going to be almost impossible to ever implement widespread listen to this one bro you ready yeah roll. float with arms and ankles tied for six minutes Ooh. Be like Navy <laughs> Dude. uh stay afloat in deep water in vertical position use of arms and legs permitted within eight foot circle for two hours for two hours within an eight foot circle I don't even know how you'd implement that in the school. I got to get off because I'm, I'm not using my uh, loud headset today uh, as courtesy to you. I got to hop into a tractor. 
It's weird how there's callers like you that have to get off. Like you should be honored. You should be like, oh my god, I, how many? No, stars? I love being on. How much longer I'm, can I'm I be on? I'm currently waiting here. If I if I open my door right now, it's gonna, it's gonna sound like a, a hammer drill going off in the background. Okay, open it and, and then let me just get a little sample. All right, sounds good. Here, let me just sabotage your sound quality. Let me see. Let me hear. We're going there. Okay, let me hear what let me hear what happens. Uh, Sevon's dog, please feed me. I fed the dog this morning. I did. Um, How's that? Sounds fine. I can't hear anything. Can't hear it? No, but you started yelling, Dude, which means okay. it must be loud there. All right. Okay, well, fine. There we go. Prove that theory wrong. No, dude, if you can ask class than that, I, I would be so, so very happy because uh, I just want to hear him talk about it. I don't even know if he knows anything about it. Yeah, I he does. He does. I, he, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely bring it up. Okay. Beautiful. Okay, bye. Hey, it was weird seeing you got your glasses. Make sure you keep your glasses. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Weird seeing me without my glasses. Thanks. I think it's weird seeing me without my glasses too. That that's kind of why I do it. That's why I take them off. I feel like it's like a brave. It's like brave of me. Uh, Europa Chronicles four ninety nine. Please interview Dan Danny Hella Dan Hella Daniela Dan Hella. Danny Hella Hodges. Hiller made a video about her four-year ban for not taking a random drug test, even though she isn't in the random testing pool. Here's the thing, dude. I, here's a couple of things I want to say about that. Uh, if that video is true, and what I mean by that, if the spirit of that video is true, then anyone to ever do the open moving forward would absolutely be insane. You, you, you absolutely cannot do the open if that video is true. Because basically, this chick signed, that video basically says that that chick signed up for the open, which automatically put her in some drug testing pool that she wasn't aware that she was put in. And because she didn't respond to an email that she got about um, taking some drug tests, that now on the internet it says somewhere that she's a cheater, that she's a steroid user. Now, all of that being said, when I watch the video, something's wrong with that girl. That's not like a um, something's wrong with her. She, she's 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 as extreme as you could be. I would say she has some sort of eating disorder or that she has taken steroids or something. Something's something that's not she has some condition, but it's irrelevant. I, I do believe it, any of those opinions of mine are just from observation are completely irrelevant. Um there is no way you want to sign up for the open and then CrossFit can just uh, randomly uh, make a post. Um, well, let's say they send you an email or, or call you saying you need to take a drug test and you don't respond. Then all of a sudden on the Internet for the rest of your life, it says you're a cheater that does steroids. Fuck that. And even if it doesn't say that explicitly, that's everyone who reads what they wrote is that's what they're going to see. Do, do not I, I, if, if CrossFit never I Hiller needs to bring that up again the week before the open. I'd love to see a follow up video on that. Why would you do that to yourself? It that that is a fucking crazy video. Do you guys want to see? Uh, and by the way, Europa, thank you for the money and thank you for bringing that up. Europa, Europa. Uh, what else did you write on here? Honestly, it doesn't matter if she's clean or not. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. CFHQ didn't follow its own procedures in regard. Yeah, it does not matter if she's clean or not. That is not the fucking point. 
It's like it's like saying someone was uh, uh, killed uh, without a without a trial. Like like you can't do that. And that means it can happen to any of us, regardless of what their crime is. Uh, CFHQ then subsequently publicly defamed a non-public. Dude, it's crazy. If the video is true, you can never sign up for the open again. You unless you're just an idiot, unless unless you just there's no the risk is not worth the uh, the reward. It's absolutely nuts. Unless well, unless you're trying, unless you know you're going to the games. It's, it's crazy. I, I and I don't know if it's true. Hey, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, awesome. Pumped. Stoked to hear from you. Yeah, I love this overcast. Yeah, it's nice, right? Yeah, color, but it's overcast here in the cruise. Oh, oh, and and sixty, right? Sixty-five, sixty degrees. Sixty, sixty-five. Hello, Greg. Ah, he's gone. Well, thank you for joining us, Greg. That was pleasant. Hey, good morning. Was that me or you? Uh-oh. We got a bad connection. How's, how's it sound now? Uh, better. Do you want to call me from a, the land? Are you on a landline? No, I'll try it. I'll switch to it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. bye. Uh, yeah. Oh, she could sue for defamation. I, I don't know. I don't know what it says when you sign up for the open. Maybe when we all sign up for the open, it says, Hey, you're going to be grabbing your ankles. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Seema Beaver, he's in town. He better walk his ass over. You know what? I, I don't think he's going to do that. He's like 11 miles from me, but I am going to try to, um, I am going to see if breakfast, hey, are we doing breakfast after this? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Matt and the and the uh, Mike are on the road. Oh, awesome! You mean like they left already to go home? Yeah, they're gone. They're, yeah, Matt is already got, heading down the one hundred and one, and Mike left just a few minutes ago. Oh, crazy! All right, cool. I'm excited. I mean, I I, I loved the start in the morning with breakfast with you. It's cool. It's the old days. But hey, um. Uh, someone called in before you called in and was asking if you knew um, about the La Sierra program, if you were um, had any ideas about it. But you were still you were like four when that program was going, right? Four years old. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Is that a fitness thing? Yeah, that's the thing at La Sierra High School with that guy Stan Laprati. Yes, yes, and yes, they had the, yes. the colored shorts that showed your yep. ranking, uh, like where you were. Yep. It- my understanding, and, and with, we knew someone in the community who was an expert on that, uh-huh. and he had his old theory, but apparently this was a JFK-launched initiative, and it was, uh, it was kind of early Cold War, and um, Khrushchev, this video of you know, footage, black and white, uh, not video, then what was the film, of Khrushchev being shown this program and I guess he, uh, it scared him. And it was done deliberately by John F. Kennedy. Like, looks like they were getting ready for war. Yeah. It's, it's, the, the footage is crazy. I had never heard that before, what you just said. I had never heard that. That's, that, that's, what I think we published a story on it in the CrossFit Journal. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, this might be maybe CrossFit content. They had a couple I have. But uh, yeah, I guess I do know something about that. 
And and and, and do you remember um, PE being significantly different when you were a kid in LA? I mean, did, how close did you? Oh, I mean, like to... they had it, <laughs> like <laughs> they had it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and there was a presidential fitness award, and uh, you got the patch to put on your shorts and stars every year you uh, qualified. Yeah, and I participated in that and had a patch and stars in middle school. You did? You did do that stuff? Yeah. yeah. And were you excited to do it? Was there a lot of pressure, like with, with the other kids and whatnot? Um, you know, the the run wasn't my cup of tea, but I decided to compensate in the other stuff, and and that led me to like school records in middle school and high school and pull ups. Um, but uh, you know, I the standard was pretty clear. And the point system, as I recall, was straightforward, and I don't remember being being nervous or uptight about it at all. I I, I was born in '72, so I, somewhere in the early '80s, I remember doing it, and I remember having to do some of the stuff the girls did because I couldn't do the stuff the boys did. Specifically, um, the boys did pull-ups, and the girls did. I think it was called flex arm hang, where you had your chin over the bar. And then they started, and you had to hold it up there for a certain amount of time. I sucked at that too at the time. You know, the New York Fire Department way back, and this is like a Kevin Johnson's dad's era, uh-huh. his 90s. But uh, you had to be able to hold your chin over a bar for two minutes. And uh, that's quite a feat. What What's the activation on that? What, what is, is that? Is that- Man, I'm thinking you're probably going to be using some neck and some and and all the muscles of the pull up. I don't know. Yeah, that's intense. But there's a there's a there's a neck flexor in there. Uh, I would imagine. I don't know how much of that you can withstand. You know, it's probably it's probably it's probably some facelift guru that's suggesting you hang from the pull up bar and then let's take your hands off the bar. Don't anyone try that and attribute it to me. But if you try it, um, let me know how that feels. <laughs> Um, they, they have a uh, this website I'm looking at right now. They have um, they show some of the things that you have to do to get the highest shorts, the navy blue shorts, and and yeah. one of them is uh, swim underwater 50 yards. But this, listen to this one. This is the very last thing. 50 have, yards underwater. Yeah, that's good. And this is for what what age level? Uh, I'm, I think high school. And, and, and listen to this. Yeah. One of them, it says you have to stay afloat. This is for the blue shorts. Stay afloat in deep water in a vertical position. So that's treading water, right? Um, use of arms and legs permitted. And you have to stay within an eight-foot circle for two hours. That's like the final test. What is this, the seal thing? <laughs> I don't know. It just it says. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds maybe as all hell. Uh, this is called the, uh, the article is the uh, insanely difficult standard of history's hardest PE program. And it's that uh, La Sierra High School program. Yeah, hey, that's interesting. Another one, it's uh, 34 pull-ups. I'm assuming those are like just with a gymnastics kip, right? Little. Yeah, I would, I, I would hope. Uh, 52 bar dips. Uh, the mile run is 515. That's, that's moving. That is. Those are, those are, that's, a, that's a serious standard. Free, uh, free handstand hold of 45 seconds. So some good stuff. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, that's very interesting to me. Did you know, we would we would in the workout of the day once in a while throw in water and some kind of water exercise. Uh huh. And uh, 
man, you wouldn't believe the amount of emails I get. Like, where am I supposed to find a fucking swimming pool? You know, that kind of thing. Like, like hundreds of them. And, and and that wasn't a reason not to do it, though, right? I don't know. I, you know, I, the argument I made is three quarters of the Earth's surface is covered in water. Some modicum of proficiency in that space might be of value to you at some point. Right. I mean, it was the same thing we raised in support of ISR, right? The consumer resource program. What? How but, did uh, I would? That feels. That feels. You know, I'd heard that it was that the the emphasis was mill. That sounds very military to me. It sounds like it sounds like they had a, it sounds like a, a navy captain who's a seal came up with that one. Right the 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 floating and it for two hours. Uh huh. Uh huh. In the vertical position. Hey, um, yes. well, hey, there's another one in here that says you have to float for six minutes with your arms and um uh hands uh ankles tied. Right. Yeah that that would that swimming tied up stuff isn't that big a deal. It's easier than it seems. You just get on your back. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta control your breathing. You know, if you let out all your air and go to the bottom, you're fucked, right? <laughs> right. And so you gotta, you gotta manipulate yourself so that you're largely full of air and can turn and, and let air out and suck it back in. So at least in my case, that was the deal. But we used to do this thing when I was a kid. My dad would hog tie me and throw me in the pool. No shit. And, uh, yeah, it took more than that to drown me. I would rather do that than. Uh, than than tread water for two hours. Oh my God! Some of the water treading drills, like what is it? Like how much water? Someone someone will let you know. I forget. But there's some amount of water you have to hold overhead in the jug and drain it above staying above. And I just I'd have no chance at that. Um, dude, your dad was savage. Yeah, it was. You know, it was fun. It was. Yeah, he he was he was a he was an old fashioned dad. Um, uh, did he, what did he think about, um, but I was into it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was cool. I had a, I had a German shepherd that would open the gate, jump in the pool and pull me out too. Now the deal was that you'd semi cooperate, but she had you by the ankle or the wrist. And when you were going to, if you were dead, you'd be drug out, you'd have puncture marks. So she, she pulled as hard as she needed to, to get your ass out of the pool, but she would not let me float. We put this had a flip latch on the gate, you know, the chain link gate, common flip latch. Yeah. We had one and she would learn to jump up and push it. She also opened the refrigerator and could open the big garage door. But uh, we had to put two latches on. She eventually learned to hit one with her, with her back foot, um, paw and the other one with the nose. So even the two latch gate, she could open. Hey, was she, uh, was she a formerly trained dog? Just no, she just, just smart. Fucking smart. But, she was, she, I got her for, uh, what would that have been? It was my sixth birthday, sixth or seventh birthday. Oh, she was and your dog. Companion. Yeah, yeah, I slept in the yard with her, you know, often. Hey, um, that's, that's funny. That, that says a lot, right? Uh, instead of uh, the dog coming in and sleeping with you, which was what a lot of people would say, you went outside and slept with the dog. Yeah, I laid in the dirt with her. And she then I had a I had a wart on my hand and she looked at it and cocked her head and bit it off, nibbled it right off. Holy shit. And the pediatrician had frozen it a couple times to no avail. It wasn't a big deal. It was a little little wart that the dog saw it and removed it. And it never came out. It was cool as a neighbor kid had uh it was in high school when I was in, in, in seventh grade. He's a big kid. 
uh, had me had mounted me and was slapping me around. And my mom opened the door to to resolve the thing, and the dog got past her and chewed this guy pretty good. And the dog was in quarantine, so I was sitting in the yard for ten days with the dog with a note on the gate. But uh, that worked. That had that made quite an impact on the other kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, your dog bit them. Yeah. You you fuck with you fuck with that one kid and his dog's gonna get you. Yeah. Um, hey, Greg, that was all. That was all just that was just instinct, you know. No one taught her shit. You can't see the screen, can you? Yeah. Oh, you, which you, screen? Oh, the screen. Yours or mine? Uh, my, uh, <laughs> no, the the screen that the show's on. You're not. You can't see the live stream. The comments. Yeah, I'll go there. Send me. Um, are you in front of a computer? I am. Let me see if uh, I can send you a link. Hold on here. Give me one second. Uh, okay, I'm going to text this. Uh, can I text it to you? Yeah. I, you know, I appreciate that hearing about the Sierra program. Um, we're somehow by some calamitous misfortune of everyone I see in president. I enact that thing day one. Yeah. Well, fuck. Wouldn't that be awesome? Imagine the profound impact it would have right away. On, on everything. On yes. Everything. Yes. Uh, so, by so, the way, I'd also have, I'd have male and female division. Sure. You, sure. And, and others, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have people, uh, transitioning to take the girls trophies from them you would you would you would have male female and then other categories but not allow males uh -huh. to take the women's category yeah yep fair enough i'd probably have a drug category too oh i like that i don't uh, the the link i sent you oh okay so in the so if you click that link you'll see comments so i'm going to read to you a comment that popped up and when people pay me money i'm kind of like a whore I, that means that i kind of have to read the comment right that's that's I the set buddy the societal uh, contract. And so this guy, Matt Burton, not that there's anything wrong with this comment, but I just, that, that's how I choose a, a lot of them. Um, uh, Matt Burns, uh, he, it's a picture of him in a, in a CrossFit gym. And he says, Greg, thank you for introducing CrossFit to the world and changing my life. Would you be willing to share your experience with polio? I love both you guys. Thanks, Matt. You know, I got that, I got that at 10 weeks old. Um, and they weren't vaccinating until you were 12 weeks. So I got, the, I got sick. Um, everyone thought I had some flu-like thing. And then I got vaccinated. Then at a year old, I was kind of one-legged in a walker. At one year old? Yeah. And uh, revisit the pediatrician. I thought this kid had polio. And, uh, you know, which wasn't discovered until after the fact. And what year were you born? But, uh, uh, 56. Okay. And... Uh, the uh, orthopedic surgeon, my orthopedic surgeon, Francis McKeever, is a legend. He, anyone that knows the history of orthopedic surgery knows who that is. He's a, he's a, a, was a pioneer of the first order. In fact, just to give you a sense of him, when Howard Hughes crashed his plane into Beverly Hills, he had hundreds of fractures, I think is the story, and Francis McKeever was his physician. But he had a, a practice built around post-polio patients. And I was his youngest patient. And so I would go see him and there'd be all these ancient people sitting there. I know his daughter practices uh, orthopedic surgery. Someone put us in touch years ago. It was interesting. But I remember when she was off at uh, Oxford studying. Um, 
when I was a kid and she was a kid. I was quite a bit younger, so she probably <laughs> she would be very likely long retired at this point as well. He'd be a hundred if he were alive. Um, do you remember when you found out you you had uh, like polio? Like so, like I didn't know my nose was big till I was sixteen, right? I was at school and someone made fun of it. Then I went home and looked in the mirror. So if if you had if you had when I say polio, it's basically it just affected your leg, one of your legs, right? Yeah, yeah. I had I had kids of. Uh, uh, Mocking me and picking on me, and I even had I even had check this out. I even had fucking school teachers mock me. Elementary school teachers. What what did that one look teacher, like? You know, sort of teacher walking away from the class and walking alongside me and limping like I do and getting a huge fucking laugh out of the whole school. I'm in the second grade. She's a fifth grade teacher. I later ended up with her as my fifth grade teacher. Holy shit! Yeah, I can. It seemed it seemed uh, it seemed off at the time. And, and did you know? Did someone explain to you as a child? Hey, this is pol- these are symptoms of polio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a family full of physicians, and so you know there wasn't there was not much mystery around it. And was there any threat of you dying? No, no. But it was it wasn't discovered until the, the infection was long long gone. Wow, fascinating. And, yeah, and, and, it's kind of like you put the car in the garage and your cats run over and you see the next morning, you know, <laughs> you know what happened, right? Uh, someone wrote, uh, is this, uh, um, uncle Greg's voice? On this here? is a $20 story, by the way, everyone, not a $5. <laughs> so this person only gave $2 and they said, is this <laughs> uncle Greg's voice I'm hearing? Uh, yeah. If you, you can call him yeah. uncle Greg, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's fine. Hey, um, uh, how how did your um I guess your parents two things as long as we're on the story two yeah. takeaways from this Please. two things that motivated one was fighting um I got picked on and my dad my dad it, like in, I got martial arts training he taught me how to tap someone on the shoulder and we turn around and hit him hard enough that there was that there was no fight and uh, God what a skill that was and the other thing was gymnastics. Uh, explain, give, can you give me an what, what do you mean fighting? Basically, yeah, I'm people walking, picked I'm on you. In your, school, yeah, with little Linda Damber next door. She, you know, I'm I'm eight years old. And I think she's my girlfriend, and uh, we're walking home. Next thing I know, I'm on my hands and knees, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing this 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 pool of blood widening. And some kid from across the street, he uh, threw a rock. It was a chunk of cement. And it hit me in the head just knocked the shit out of me. So I uh, went to the hospital and got my head shaved and some stitches and uh, bandage on it. My dad wasn't saying much. And we got home and after dinner, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's clear the table. And he's come here. It's he on his, on his knees. And he says, um, me on the shoulder. And when I turn around, um, you're going to hit me in the face as hard as you can. My first attempt at this, I tucked my thumb into my hand. He corrected that. He straightened my wrist. And it was just like throwing a ball. It was pretty, I could throw a ball like a, like a, like a wizard. And, uh, you know, just learn, step into it, do it again, do it again. My mom's crying. She sees where this is going. I don't quite get it. But then I'm like, oh, fuck. Cause this, look, I'm, I'm a second or third grader and this kid's a big fifth or sixth grader. And, uh, he tells me that I'm going to go out at recess the next day and whatever he's doing, you're going to go behind me and tap on the shoulder and you're going to plant one of those things right on his fucking nose. And just so people know and really I'm, quick, no, uh, I'm not. Gre- 
and he's oh yeah you are and like it was you know he was gonna, I was either gonna do this or he was gonna he was gonna whatever punishment I would get and your dad was a huge guy right I, I rem- you know for me dude I look at I'm a small second grader he's a big fifth grader no right? you, I'm saying your dad your dad was also huge oh, you yeah. have this yeah, huge my dad man. Is big. yeah yeah my dad he's six one two hundred pounds you know uh, n- navy guy Fl- flew helicopters in the navy big man yep yeah yep. Yeah, okay. he, you know, some of the things he liked helicopters and he liked boxing. Right. And uh, he wouldn't hesitate to fight. But, uh, and when so he, when, are you crying when he over, tells you this? When he tells you you're going to have to fight this oh, kid? Oh, yeah, or, I don't want to do it bad. I don't yeah, want to do it bad. Do that either. But I feared him more than the kid that hit me with the rock. The only really interaction I had with him, I didn't even know what happened. It didn't hurt that bad. I just, I lost my senses. I didn't know where I was or what was happening for about 20 seconds. I mean, I took a, it was a good gouge. It was a good, it was a, it was a wonderfully thrown chunk of rock, uh, bigger than a softball. I wonder if that kid was scared when he saw what he did to you. I, you know, I had no sense of that. Right. I tell you this, after I hit him, he was scared for years. So what happened? You, 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 your dad taught you how to I fight told, that so night. The little lid that comes over in the morning, we're yeah. going to walk to school. I got my head bandaged and I tell her what I have to do. And she's crying. And she tell me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I'm like, got to, I've got to, I've got to. And for this, I was nervous. And uh, we're out of PE, where we were on the rubber mats in the little kid section, and he's playing four square with the big kids. And uh, I went up there and reached up, tapped him on the shoulder, he turned around, and he little jumped to a crack. The solid hit. And uh, he stiffened up and fell back and hit his head on the ground and cried. Oh shit! He fucking stiffed up, stiffened up, fell back, hit his head on the ground, and cried. I don't think everyone had ever done that to him before. And uh, I tell you what, that changed everything for me at the school. Everything, everything. It turned out in hindsight, it was the best advice a father could ever give a son that was being picked on. Meaning, everyone, you, instant reputation, the full, full. Crowd. Oh, there wasn't anybody that didn't either see or hear it uh dale king writes in the comments uh this is a a pretty good observation those who have been bullied make the best protectors yeah i could understand that i i certainly have i mean i would say it's almost a fault of yours you could not like someone and then see them get bullied and i've seen you go over and protect them yeah, I don't like the dog pile, you know, yeah. deserved or not. You know, the guy's had enough, leave him alone. Right. Uh, strikes him there. But, uh, you know, I, things like Bob Lee asking people to help me bleeding and no one, you know, drill down your window three inches and drive off, unfathomable to me. Uh, someone named Eric Wise uh, is quoting you here. He loves your. Uh your juxtaposition of words, wonderfully thrown chunk of cement. (laughs) (laughs) It was across the street. I mean, it's a good arm. It was a good, it was a, that was a big piece of cement to throw in water. What is it? You know, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish, but it did something. Um, uh, What happened? Did you get in trouble for that? No, no. And I had, you know, it's funny. I the lesson I had to do that again in the in the tenth grade. Knew the knew the high school, and not everyone knew the reputation. The kid's name was Mark Reese, and I was I was in Tom Kruba's locker getting something for him. These names we know, and uh, 
And this kid, Ben, thought I had been in his locker, and he, he just cracked me. I didn't see it coming. So I knew what to do. I didn't even need to consult with the old man. I went into his history class, just walked in the back door and tapped him on the shoulder and hit him. And it knocked him out of the chair. Now, this, you know, I'm in the 10th grade. This is a kid with 60 pull-ups at this point, right? Oh, so you're you know? a savage. You're, you're dangerous. Yeah, and he's, a, he's a basketball player. So he's six foot something, and I'm five, five or five, six. I weigh 145 pounds. But uh, I, you know, I had it by this time. I've got a 300 pound lat pull down, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was pre jujitsu, and and being able to do 60 pull ups had it, an enormous implication for for uh, wrestling and just playing around. But anyways, I cracked this kid, and he fell over in his chair, and we end up in the in the principal's office, and they call my dad in, and my dad was uh, at the time. Uh, he's just about to leave home for some Navy gig, and he's got the whole officer and the gentleman in the white shit on, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a good look on him. And he comes in, and the principal's explaining that two rights don't make it wrong. And my dad's like, what the fuck is that? Do you really believe that shit? You know? And it's like, whoa. <laughs> it was, he wasn't going to do anything. For what happened. And, hey, that's how life goes. That's what happens when you hit someone undeservedly. And it might just come back at you. We actually, Mark Lee and I became friends after that. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Like a little a respect for each other. You know, I like, I mean, he knew the lay of the land, right? Yeah. Hey, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you don't have to be uh, uh, trained in martial arts to do that. You tap someone on the shoulder and you crack them and they're, they're not, they're, they're not going to jump up with some kind of superhero skills and come at you. You're done. The fight's over. Right. This is what, this is what, uh, uh, Andy used to do to people in bars until I found out about it, hanging out with his, uh, Reebok friend. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Dude, when I found out about that, I don't think that in, in the history of running that company, I don't think anything ever made me more mad. Uh, that, that he, that he punched someone out at a bar. It's middle-aged fucking fat dude balding fucking minding his own business right. just to impress the Reebok guys. Yeah, that's a, that, that was a pretty nasty story. That There was a lot of alcohol involved. You remember there, that, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That I was think a, I made that, it clear. I don't think there's anyone that worked for the company that didn't know how I felt about that. Was that in San Francisco? Yes, it was. Yeah, I... I I, I didn't witness it, but I remember hearing the stories. That was he was he was per, like supposedly protecting Matt O'Toole or something. And it happened in a, at an ATM, and yeah, it was just thuggery. He's lucky he didn't go to jail. You know, I keep I keep I keep thinking that 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 uh, a demise seems inevitable of some sort. But I like you know, no surprise here. Um, someone wrote uh, the 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 um, in summation. This story is Greg doesn't get along with bullies, um, and if you're not nice, uh, you probably won't like uh, Greg. You know, I th I think of myself as nice. I'm uh, hey, I was with Jeff Martone traveling once, and we were at Cracker Barrel eating breakfast, and he did his his regular saying of the blessing before eating. He looked up at me, and I got a mouthful of food, right? I'm just tripping on him. And he says to me, you know why God uh, makes the strong? And I said, I have no idea, but I'm, I'm about to find out. What up? And he goes, to protect the weak. I tell you, I, that was one of those things. I heard that 
and I, first of all, I knew I'd never forget it. Um, I was, it, it moved me deeply. And, and I thought, man, that's the shit that heroes are made of, you know, to think that you were put on earth to protect these people, that this is, this is where your strength comes from. And, uh, we got another one of those in, in, uh, Jimmy Watt. Right. You know, these guys, these guys were born to, to protect the weak. And, uh, if we ever leave that, um, we, we lose everything. Uh, um, uh, Greg, going back, you were saying that from you were saying from I think it was from the polio, two things happened: um, fighting and what was the other one? Do you remember? Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Hey, explain that. Yeah. Well, let me talk about the era. Okay. In the in the I think it happened in the in the late forties, maybe the fifties. Um, I think that the story is is that the way someone could research this and find it, it's a, it's a fantastic story. It got covered in the uh, in the L.A. Times, I believe, in the sports section. But the one of the school board members, or maybe the president of the L.A. Unified School District, was an ex gymnast, and every boys and girls, every high school in in L.A. had a boys and a girls gymnastics team by decree. But every park had a, a sand pit, had shitty ring, shitty high bar, shitty parallel bars, made of stainless steel. It was a pretty form to the real deal. But it was certainly a good place to learn how to land, um, dismount, and, we, and this was where you could swing on the rings. And it was, it was probably, it was, a, it was a better swinging ring setup than it was for still. The parallel bars were just, you know, I mean, they worked, it was okay. And, but everyone was down there, and we would we would get chalk. But back then, the only person that, that sold chalk that any of us knew anything about was Frank Endo. And uh, we'd go down to San Pedro to his shop and get chalk. It'd be a big deal to take your mom down there and get grips and chalk. And uh, it was a long legit, drive legit and gymnastics chalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gymnastics chalk and uh, and gym, legit grips. Okay. And you keep your grips with you in the chalk. You'd hide in the sand, bury it somewhere. And I'd go down. It was cool. I was talking about this the other day, that you could wake up on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m., take the German Shepherd, right? Mm -hmm. Ride my bike and, and do, shit on the, do shit on the ring. So by the time I was in middle school, um, I had, a, I had a, a reasonable flyaway dismount on the swing and could, could stick it, even though it was mostly one-legged. But I got strong, really strong, and had pull-ups and uh, front lever, back lever, cross came later. But uh, I was I was good to go. The first time I got on a real real pair of rings in the ninth grade, going over to the high school, um, I, there was shit I could do, and then it just blew up from there. Uh, and and Kubal would go with you there too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got some stories to tell that I'll let him tell. And and would Ka would Kathy go too? Would your sister go with you? She also has a story to tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of my friends got hurt, and my poor sister. Not bad, but knocked out cold. Uh, screwing around on the ring, and you don't, you know, that's a rare gymnastics injury. You don't see a lot of people completely unconscious. Um. Uh. And so, uh, Greg, so your freshman year was your first year doing um, organized gymnastics, freshman year in high school? Yes. And were you tripping yep. when you – what made you think you could do it? Were you intimidated or scared or – No, not at all. 
not at all. And some of the kids that I'd seen at the parks were there. Now here's the thing. Here was here was the here was a huge motivation. There's a neighborhood kid, um, Steve Hug, who mm-hmm. was the uh, is still the youngest um, uh, American Olympic athlete. You know, weeks after his 16th birthday, he's a uh, he's on the U.S. team and 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 leading it. And so in '72, he's back. You know, and he, he was uh, he was, and you know, he's just a neighborhood guy, but he was a Chatsworth High guy. And so my high school had produced America's best gymnast. Um, as, as a high school student, he was the best in the country, better than all the college kids. And there's also a, a fantastic article on Mr. Hug. And this is microfish shit. You know, it's kind of hard to dig up. I just, but, I just, uh, fa- I found a wiki page on him, dude, just now. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. We had him at the games. You That's know? the guy. I looked him up, made friends. We've written on him. Remember yeah. the one year I didn't invite him, he broke into the game. The fucker showed up. He got past security into the event. It's like some ninja stuff. I uh You remember Steve? I I do. I um I I I was gonna tell a story about him. I don't know how appropriate it is now that you've we've outed him, but I'll just say this that let's it, start. let's it, it's you know, it was he, he was working through some stuff. Let's leave him alone. A, yeah, I'm just, it was going to be about you. You've been very generous to people. Uh, there's a hand, there's many people. And I was fortunate enough to, to be uh, with Greg uh, by his side night and day for more than 10 years. And I saw many people from his past that Greg would uh, dig up and uh, rekindle relationships, whether they had been good or bad. And you were so generous to those people. I'll just say that Ex- exceedingly yeah. generous. Eva, Steve was an enormous inspiration to me. There was kind of a sense of like, it seemed like it was magic because I was on the high school team and I made the team in the 10th grade, which was a very unusual circumstance. But listen, I, you know, I was obsessed is an understatement. Um, it was you mean with him, with him and his accomplishments? With the, the fact that our team had been city champions and that we had produced a, an Olympian, a talent that in 1968, from high school was better than the college kids. So, in fact, there's a there's a black and white video, a black and white uh, uh, film, you know, Super Eight, yeah, of Hug on YouTube. It is just stunning. A pommel horse too, but he was, uh, you know, and it was it, here's the here's the trippy thing about Hug. He was like 26th in the world, and so for your non gymnastics average American, it meant he wasn't shit, right? Right which is really sad because 26 in the world is fucking awesome. Right. And to consider the, the level of, you know, it, it, there was, there was this hotbed in Iowa, uh, around Hinsdale, uh, central high school in, uh, in, uh, Illinois, in the Chicago suburbs and, uh, Venice high and LA high. Uh, LA was a, was a hotbed for gymnastics. And that same tradition of which Hug was the, was kind of launched things out of that same tradition, 20 years later, not, not even that, man. Uh, yeah. 15 years later, the Americans are the best gymnasts in the world. And, and the pedigree, the cultural pedigree that comes out of the LA area and UCLA, that's, that's all, that's all part of that. And Steve was, he was essential to all of that. But for me to be on the, on the, and with, with coach David Ogawa, I mean, you know, so my coach 
And it was funny thing. He was the geometry teacher. He didn't know shit about gymnastics. Um, <laughs> that's how strong the culture was. But he, you know what? He was, he was, uh, he was of a, a, a Japanese descent, Coach Ogawa. And that carried, that carried huge sway. It scared our competitors. They even got a Japanese coach. How the fuck can we compete with that, right? Right. But uh, he, was, he was a great coach. He was a great mentor. He, his gymnastics uh, knowledge was good enough to keep us all inspired. But we had kids coming from uh, UCLA and USC on the reg that had gone to, gone to Chatsworth high. And so it was easy to get better coaching. He was the, uh, uh, he was 16. Wow. Just like you said, God, crazy. Oh dude, he was so good. So he the, good. He made the Olympic team at 16, making him the youngest person to represent the U U S gymnastics team at that event. And, 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 and he yeah. was, he was four years older than you. He's boy. It says he's born in 52. Yeah. Yep. And there was a certain sense that, Steve can do it. We can all do it. Right. Which is, you know, I had a sports psychology class once. Or sometime where they, they were, this lady was outlining the essential aspects of the goals. And one of them was to be realistic or achievable. And I'm like, excuse me, bullshit. And I, you know, I said, there's, there's, there's 5 million girls with, with posters of Mary Lou Retton above their bed. And, and two of them have the potential to be that. Um, who cares? It's the motivational value of the goal. So if someone comes to me at 80 years old, I want to go to the Olympics. I go, we got to get started. And you get a lot of work to do. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm there to, 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 to feed your dreams and support them. And if there's motivational value in it, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on that. And because you know, the, the getting there isn't important. Yeah. My human life thing is I'm always, I'd say, I, I'm a process guy, not an endpoint guy. Yeah. And, endpoints that seem impossible become achievable often by you know what you what was solid for me was the was the process not where it could take you uh, uh listen to this this is in the wiki this is the last line of the wiki on steve hug listen to this uh hug is a 1995 inductee into the u.s gymnastics hall of fame crossfit's greg glassman has credited him for providing him with inspiration while he was growing up you know what's funny Everything is a hot link in Wiki, CrossFit, all around teams, Summer Olympics, blah, everything except your name, not Greg Glassman. They don't. I'm okay with that. I, I know you hey, are, and I know why. I, they, I know why they're not hot link your name either, because you, you you're a low carb guy. You're a bad dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why. God, you've ruined me, Greg. Um. um Mark Higgins. Yeah, like I'm looking. I'm looking at a book that, by description, and it, it, I'm looking for it, it, and it's it's out of print, of course. Most of what I look for is, but it's extremely expensive. Given that it's nothing, I, I figure out it must be it must be valuable. It's probably good. Right. There's, it, there's old books you can't get your hands on, and they're, they're often outstanding. And it's the outstanding quality that makes them hard to find and therefore rare and expensive. It's an interesting thing. Um, uh, you know, two people like me and you who hang around each other as much as we have, we kind of know everything that's going to come out of each other's mouth. We've heard it all from each other. We know how we're going to behave when we see a pretty woman, a cute dog, a fight in the street, right? We know each other. And yet there's still constantly new stuff coming out of you, uh, historical stuff too. It was like uh, what you said the other day that you heard from your dad even. And I, I always think that I've heard all your dad's stories. And you said, um, uh, 
when the TV would come on. Politics. uh, Pardon me. The politics one I was sharing with you. No, no, the four out of five dentists. Like, hey, your dad would stop, but turn off the TV or stand in front of the TV and be like, hey, we don't care about those four. What did the fifth guy say? Nine out of ten dentists recommend toothpaste, recommend Sensodyne. And I'm like, hold. I I heard that you say that for the first time like a month ago. I'm like, holy shit, it's that's so poignant. Like even my even my friends knew like oh shit here comes a commercial and daddy stand up walk across the room turn the TV down free remote control right this is a black and white thing with rabbit ears right and there's no voting in science and my, my all my friends could mock him they, we all fucking knew and he but he told it every time as though we'd never heard it right and this it only lasted like 14 years right <laughs> I mean yep there's no voting in science dad gotcha. God, I thought he needed a new shtick, you know? Oh, man. We were laughing. I, my dad told me he was an engineer, and I thought he conducted trains. You know, like the guy with the cap on the train that waves? Yeah, yeah. And then he told me a, he's a scientist. I get you're an engineer, and I know it, you know? I'm 10 years old. I'm like, you know, scientist. Hey, do you think scientists he pres- wear lab coats and mix shit in test tubes? Do you think he presented the information poorly? I'm going to give you an example. There was this girl when I was young. I, I, I was 18 years old, and she was 23. And I met her in Mexico. And and um, uh, she would we kept the relationship going for like six months, and then she dumped me. She was engaged when I met her. And I told my dad that I was in love with her. And he's like, you're not in love with her. You're just really, really are enjoying the sex. And that really fucking pissed me off that he said that to me. Like, that really pissed me off. And, was he and, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm. Fi- I didn't realize he was right until I'm 51. <laughs> Couldn't he have presented it a little different? You know, you know what I'm I mean? trying. Couldn't your dad have presented it a little different, like that four out of five dentist thing, so that you could have got it? Or no? You know, listen. I and, and maybe maybe his pedagogy wasn't wasn't ideal or or you know maximally effective. But I tell you what. I did everything in my power to avoid his influence. Everything. You you, okay. That's why. That's why I was. A, that's why I was a trainer in a gym. It was the farthest thing from you know. I mean, he, 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 he was not impressed with me being a trainer in a gym. Right. But I came from a family. If you weren't a physician, engineer, lawyer, accountant, if you didn't get the college degree and get one of those jobs you get from college um your life was a waste but you know he was the first person in his family to go to college and that was true of so many of my friends i can't tell you the number of friends i had who i mean i grew up in the san fernando valley and you couldn't live in the san fernando valley and be paying attention nor have friends and not know about grumman lockheed northrop teledyne paradigm hughes Raymo woolridge Lytton. Uh, Atomics International, those are where my friend's dads were. And they all had the, the white short sleeve dress shirts and the horn rimmed glasses. Most of them served in the military. Most of them were the farmer, were the descendants of farmers or, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, factory workers. And, uh, as mentioned, they had mill experience and they worked, they worked in aerospace and they thought they were keeping the world safe from democracy. That's probably all true. But uh, that upbringing, I, you know, I, I rejected it wholly. And I got to tell you, all you people doing CrossFit, you, you, you can blame my old man. Um, I, the lessons I did everything I could to, to avoid stuck with me. 
And it, it, do I know there's no voting in science? It, it, if you're voting, it's not science. I got a, I got a quote here from Michael Crichton that I'm going to share. Please. Big, I'm doing it at the ranch. Uh, Cri- Crichton's the uh, uh, prolific. Uh, Andromeda like- Strange, Jurassic Park. Okay. I believe he was a physician. And this is at a commencement address at uh, Caltech, of all places, if I have my history right. Crichton was a physician? Yeah. Or is yeah, a physician? Yeah, I think he was. Is he still alive? I think so. No, that I know. That I'm certain of. I can find this here. Uh. It's interesting that you're um, – uh, I would like to also know what your dad eventually ended up thinking of you becoming um, – uh, you were you were a grown man in your 40s, uh, couldn't rub two nickels together, rode your bike to work every morning at 5 a.m. Um, teaching people uh, CrossFit. You know, the highlights in your life would be when you would get a contract with like a police department or something. Was, was he tripping yeah. at that point? Like At the point that I needed technical support, um, argumentation uh, – Science explained, like the, the thing he did for us in 2009. Yeah, um, he, he was he was he was indispensable. Um, but uh, he went through a transition, and he he would tell people proudly that the greatest surprise in his adult life is that he's famous for being my father. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. God, that would make that me was kind of, that's, you know, he was that's a win he for you. To right? tell that. Oh, he likes to cool. tell. Michael Crichton. He says, I want to pause here and talk about this notion of consensus and the rise of what has been called consensus science. I regard consensus science as an extremely pernicious development that ought to be stopped cold in its tracks. Historically, the claim of consensus has been the first refuge of scoundrels. It is a way to avoid debate by claiming that the matter is already settled. Whenever you hear the consensus of scientists agrees on something or other, reach for your wallet because you're being had. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a Harvard grad. Yeah, smart dude. Is he? Was he a? Was he a physician? Well, this this uh, it says uh, Crichton at Harvard in two thousand two. Uh, Crichton received an MD from Harvard Medical School in nineteen sixty nine, but yep. did not practice medicine, choosing to focus on his reading instead. And like you said, yeah, the Andromeda yeah. Strain, Jurassic Park. Right. Wow. Uh, he he died young. Seventy. Not even. Uh, 58 plus eight. He died young, 64. Sold 200 million books, dude. Holy shit. Wow. Um, uh, Greg, um, uh, you sold, uh, CrossFit in two, was it 2020? Yeah. And, uh, since, since then, um, you, I, I would say you've been Pretty quiet, wouldn't you say? You haven't, uh, uh, besides these uh, showing up for the BSI events and, and popping up on this podcast now and again, you've been pretty quiet. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the in the public eye. I'm not in the spotlight. You know, I'm sixty minutes in coming around, but I'm going to tell you that part wasn't fun. There was a sense mean, of obligation to it. You mean but, being uh, in the public eye? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're kind of Look, doing. You're kind of you know, doing it. To have people come up that you that you've never met and to tell you how much they owe you and love you and respect you. That's a that's a that's a, a humbling thing. It's a, it's a tough thing, and I, I wouldn't want to give anyone the sense that you don't like it. But to say that you enjoy it, I think I think anyone that enjoys that is, is pathological. I think there's something wrong with you. And uh, but it's 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 humbling, and uh, you know it's it's and. Uh, 
I tell people, and I do, I'm grateful when people say hi. I really am. But to want that um, it, it would, it would, be, would be an odd thing to me. What do you mean and humbling? So, Don't you mean the opposite of humbling, like it makes you proud on people? No, I, no it's like, no, not for me. Because I struggle to explain that, like, you know, you, you, you are the manifestation of my life's work. And without these people, there's nothing, right? You, right. All these fucking people with these fitness programs no one's doing, it's uh, good on you, right? Right, right. You're a legend in your own mind. Um, they're, they're, that's the proof of the success of the effort. You know, that's how this, the thing that this, that this thing self-replicated spoke volumes to me. Um, I, Look, we can take a, take someone, we were taking people that had a love of exercise in the gym and gym life, and you teach them a set of skills. Stuff he gave her, um, Navy SEAL. Uh, I mean, I, every time I see a trainer to the stars, there's only one, and it's stuff he gave her. This guy, he gave me a shirt that had the list of the movies where he had, he had trained the leading man. Holy cow. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's a it's hundred movies everyone's heard of, but Duffy is the guy. And uh, he came to that very first seminar that I had for the public. I'd done some for DOJ and one for uh, National Police Corps for two federal programs. What year was that? I don't know. Okay. We got, we got footage of it. You can look it up. But uh, uh, it's interesting who was there. Um, Duffy was there and uh, Mark Twight was there. And there was a, there's a photo somewhere. I think it had been on .com showing the, the board, the whiteboard with all the scores of whatever the hell the workout was. And uh, Duffy, uh, uh, the Navy SEAL, trainer to the stars. And I tell you, he's coming, he's coming to, to this thing at June 3rd at the ranch. You oh, know, he is? So, Duffy yeah, Gabers? Yeah. Oh, okay. He wow. Gabers, yeah. I, I can't tell you the respect I have to this kid. You know, one of the smartest things we did was the, the requiring of the essay for affiliation. Uh-huh. And the problem is we had a form. We asked questions because we thought we were so fucking smart and would know what questions to ask. And the people go, like, I didn't, I didn't pass your test, and how come I can't uh, be in, you know? And uh, then I'd hear the story, and I'd go, wow, my system fucked up. This guy, yeah, you're in. I don't know how this happened. And there was, there, we could never ask the right questions. And so we had a people writing an essay, and it was tell us why you want to be why you want to be an affiliate, and this is how it works. You you get points for wanting to help people is positive. Um, your life experience in 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 athleticism and training was a zero, and your desire to make money or marketing or business acumen was a negative. Okay, and so the essay that uh, I got an MBA and three gold medals, you're out. <laughs> And you can say, uh, um, I've always loved working out and I just want to have this, see this impact on other people you're in. Okay. Yeah. Now all the essays were either the negative and zero or the zero and a plus all of them. And not one or 15,000 fucking essays. Not one person says I got an MBA and I just want to help people. Right. Not one. Right. It was my least favorite day ever was uh, I live across the street from Fort Bragg. I can't make a killing off these guys. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I was like, I don't think so. Not flying my flag. Now, Duffy Gaver's essay, he says, I went to that first cert and it changed everything about the way I train people. 
And I got people asking me, isn't this CrossFit? And I fumbled with it. Ah, you know, all right. and he says, I like, I, he says, I think I got an integrity problem here. I need to affiliate and I owe you some back pay. Like, holy cow. I mean, there's, there's the one exception to the rule you're in. Right. But I was, I was so moved by that, the integrity to realize that, you know, I, I'm using this methodology fairly, fairly much unadulterated and haven't been paying my share. And I got clients, you know, and these are movie stars asking me, isn't this CrossFit? And I, and I, I, I have trouble answering. Pretty cool. Uh, this, is, is Duffy uh, Gaver, is he a, uh, he's into motorcycles too, pretty big? Oh, dude, let me send you a picture he sent me yesterday. Okay. okay. I'm on his Instagram and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm just making sure I'm, and he wrote a book called Hero Maker. I'm sure. Okay. Well, I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, good looking kid too. I mean. Yeah. How old is he? 50, 60? He does. He I'd, looks say he's, I'd say he's in his early 50s would be the guess. Yeah. He's jacked. Uh, no magic pill, uh, will, desire, or discipline. Uh, or, or, no magic pill. It's all about will, desire, and discipline. Get up before work, crush your workouts, eat well, be consistent. He was making yep. fun of uh, people who take turmeric. Now I see why you guys like each other. Uh, I got a, um, a question here from someone. Mark yeah. Higgins. Uh, Sevi, my wife has just been diagnosed with uh, stage three bowel cancer. I'm going the whole crispy cancer route. Uh, does Greg have any advice? A crispy cancer, Greg, is a guy I had on the show who had uh, stage four colon cancer at 20 some odd years old, right? And he he went the route of just at, uh, stop eating all things processed and 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 stop eating all uh, animal products, right? He went complete fucking vet. He's a vegetable guy, basically just eats vegetables. And he's done that for like 20 years and he looks, uh, he looks fabulous. And, and what's interesting, the guy is a CrossFitter, but when I had him on the show, one thing he did say, Greg, is when I wanted to talk about diet, he said, Hey, you know what I'd really like to talk about is, is reducing people's stress in life as being a, a serious cure for cancer. Yeah. This picture you sent me is incredible. I saw this on his Instagram with a guy. Yeah, no, let me share with Duffy you. He sent that to me yesterday and the yeah. caption was today. Oh, so that's wow. Duffy yesterday on his motorcycle. Okay. That's savage. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, he's the real deal. That's if it. I, you know, if it's, it's like, there's my, there's my Marvel comic kind of guy, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm gonna send one more picture. I'm gonna send a picture of his bike because uh, I um, should probably give him my my CBR 1000, my SP2. Um. Oh, that would be a crazy gift to give him. Uh, any, um, uh, any, any, any advice for this guy, uh, Greg? Do you have any advice for me? Why my wife has uh, stage three bowel cancer? Yeah, you know, I would like, I'd like him to be introduced to Emily so they could have an offline talk. Okay, um, I'm not going to promote cancer therapies here or okay. tell anyone's story, mm -hmm. but uh, our proximity to Seafried, um. You know, I'm. Uh, that's that's all I really want to say. Uh, uh, I think, listen, I, here's what I think. I think cancer is a metabolic disease and not a genetic disease. 
I believe that the genetic is the, is the downstream consequences of the of the uh, damage of the mitochondria, and I, I think that that science is is uh, solid as can be. And so, cancer is a metabolic disease, and I think that Travis Christopherson, um, his uh, his treatment of of uh, of Seafried's work in uh, Tripping Over the Truth. Seafried's book is Cancer is a Metabolic Disease. It's a, it's a tough read, but well worth it. Um, and uh, Christopherson's treatment of that is is very good. And I, I there's some lineage here. Um, Christopherson says he was turned on to this concept by Rob Wolf and the forward. And I'd share when I met Rob, he was all carbs all the time, Rob. So I'm a, I'm supportive, very supportive of of this research and work. And there are some treatments that have come come down the pipe that uh, certainly bear looking at. And Mark, if you need to get in touch with Emily, you can. Um, she she has an Instagram account. Um, uh, hold on, I will tell you what it is. She she lives in Boston. Thomas Seafried lives in Boston. We're all friends. I'm friends with Tom Seafried. Full disclosure. I've also funded his research. Did it CrossFit? Um, CrossFit has no interest in that kind of thing now, I presume. And I continue to fund Tom. Uh, and he- that is. That is not throw. We are not throwing money away. We're saving lives. I'm putting uh, uh, Mark. I'm putting Emily's uh, Instagram account, the 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 lady that Greg suggests you reach out to, in the uh, chat. It's down there at the bottom. Yeah, now. she's also Emily at BrokenScience.org. Oh, okay. So there's her My email. My partner in the Broken Science effort. Okay, there you go. Her husband is Bob Kaplan, and he's the he's the brains behind the Pure Idea. Talk about credentials. Yeah. Look, I think you two more pictures of Duffy. I love that kid. Yeah, those but, that, uh, that motorcycle's nuts. And here, just to show you, he doesn't just take pictures out by himself. Here he is in a race in, a, in the league. Uh, These guys miss getting shot at. They, he's a mill guy? He's a seal, dude. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. So instead of getting shot at now, now he does 200 miles an hour on a motorcycle taking <laughs> right. deep turns. Right, dragging a knee, yeah. Uh, Mike Artunyan, who was at the uh, BSI event in Phoenix, says, I hate to jump off and stop watching the show, but I'll have to catch the rest of this after work. I'm looking forward to June 3rd in California. Oh, that's sweet. I'm excited about it, too. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, not, to, not to plug it. There's no plugging that can be done, and there's no, there's no room for anything. That happened within a matter of hours. And I'm grateful to my affiliate community to have the interest in this. I spoke at Hillsdale College, and uh, any CrossFitters out there, and it was like a third of the audience was over five or 600 people affiliates, the people who had gotten on planes and trains and automobiles to come and listen. And at the end, the enthusiasm from the um, science faculty was, was muted, let's say. And the best questions were asked by affiliates, but we've always, within our community, had had extraordinary res- you know resources. I mean, we've got we've got guys on the level and training team that have published uh, scores of articles in, in peer review journals, whatever that means, um, on technical subjects. So we do have we have 
within our community, just about every every trade and, and uh, expertise imaginable. That, uh, Russ Green had said that, uh, that when he got to D.C., that every morning at, at 4, 5 a.m., everyone with their hands on the levers of power is involved, Democrat and Republican, is, is at the CrossFit gyms, one mm-hmm. of the 23 gyms. And so we, we, we had a, a program, a community, that is uh, um, uh, very attractive to overachievers. Do, do you think if you're an affiliate owner and you were um, uh, your reaction to um, the pandemic uh, re- was a reflection on how well you understood the material? Yeah, how could I not think that? I mean, I go into a gym in Phoenix and they've got they've got two layers of plexiglass a half inch thick. It looks like you look at, like my bank in San Diego that's right near the on ramp. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, how many I times mean, has that it, bank been robbed? What a great place to put a uh, bank, huh? Right near uh, the on ramp. I mean, you you go in looking for robbers. You don't want to get caught up in anything, right? Yeah, you I, remember that place right there on, on Del Mar Boulevard yes. or whatever the hell that was? Remember that? Yes. Yeah, and I remember our conversations dying laughing about some of our conversations. I, I just tripped that maybe, especially after you put out five buckets of death and then you were an affiliate owner, I always wondered how you reconciled um, – I mean, I guess there were millions of doctors who were duped, uh, the, uh, the, and school teachers and, and you know mathematicians. What some of the eyes look I just, like when they're fucking terrified. You know that look. The, who who whose eyes? Terrified eyes. Yeah, so, yeah. Know, Google yeah. it if you need to. Look yeah. at someone's eyes when they're yeah. terrified. Yeah, okay. That's what you see behind the mask. It's nothing. There's nothing rational about it. There never was. Um, let let me ask you this: Do you ever have concern? Are you familiar with this term, um, uh, psyops, like a psychological operation? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you ever um, think about all the people, like that that there were f- friends and family and loved ones of ours have just gone through a tra- like a crazy traumatic experience the last three years because they were, I mean, th- do you think it's a, a gross uh, exaggeration to say that they were, or even spot on accurate that they were part of a psyop? Whether yeah, I, you know, I'm waiting for someone to even come up as simply and go, do you know how embarrassed I am? You're just waiting, waiting for one that. person to say that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, just one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they can because they're so trauma. Do, do you ever think they, like, do you remember that movie Clockwork Orange? That was a psyop, right? Where they hold the guys yeah, open yeah, with the yeah. toothpicks and make yeah. them watch. Yeah. yeah. Except they didn't have to force people to watch it. Look, I thought when Trump talked about deep state, I thought he was out of his fucking mind. I wasn't in right. fucking proved it. And proven. I mean, what do you think these fifty-one signatures to the the laptop was? Is a Russian disinformation, you know? And so, so deep state's real. Um, but what what caught me by surprise later because I, I came to see okay you know long before the Burnham report or whatever discovery because it was pretty it was very clear that that uh, law enforcement intelligence had tried to uh, did their best to alter the outcome of the election and then on this this shithead getting elected um, they did everything they could to remove him from power by illegal means lying to a FISA judge for instance. And so the deep state thing, you know, CNN could pretend all day long like that didn't happen. And that's why no one's watching anymore. But uh, 
what came as a surprise was the deep health, the idea that public health would be harnessed. And I, and I already knew the CDC was compromised. Remember, we sued them successfully across this. And, and I knew that the fix was in on nutrition, but I never thought that they would promote a virus. Um, yeah, promote a virus. I mean, that, you know, the gain of function, Obama chased it out of this country and it ended up at Wuhan, a la Fauci and friends and uh, Eco Health Alliance. And these same assholes are involved in the, in the uh, vaccine. And what we've all, what we've all went through seems, seems some kind of combination of panic and, and, and an engineered effort. But uh, look at the freedoms we've lost. Look at the, what a vehicle for control this has been. I had this. Really amazing. I had. I had. You a, know, once I once I get once I get the mask on you, and you're not allowed to go to work or school. Yeah. You're basically your you your pants are down, and you're fucking handcuffed. Your wrists are handcuffed to your ankles. That's where you're at. <laughs> and what comes next, God only knows. It's basically whatever they want, including destroying the economy. I had an acquaintance, I would even say a friend, I went to their house a couple times, uh, who was a, a, a executive over at Adobe, very senior per- person at Adobe. And and they were a, a pretty uh, staunch liberal. And about six months into it, um, they pulled me aside. And and I use they because I don't want to reveal their sex. Um, they, they said to me, hey, and I go, what? And they go, you're right. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, this thing or she. Uh, is a perfect product launch. I go, really? They said, hey, dude, it's textbook. This is exactly how you launch a product. The whole whole thing. I was like, holy shit. They're like, dude, it's playbook. Like we all, all of us in the biz know it. I was like, oh my God. Um, What's the name of Dow's book? Uh, uh, Oh, I have it right here. Uh, uh, Cause Unknown. Oh my God. And, you know, read the to that. Look up Dowd. Look where he comes from. Think of the, think of the, the essential nature of him being rational to have led BlackRock like he did, pre, pre-woke era for that company. Right. But look at, look at what he achieved in the financial world and the breadth of talents and skills he had to have to be one of the, one of the like a you know, rock star Hall of Fame stock picker guy. Um, he accomplished things that Warren Buffett can only dream of. And to walk away as a young man with an untold amount of money to circle back around and present the case to this whole thing being the nonsense that it is, is it's, it's really a, a remarkable work. And there's few things as compelling as the CEO of America's largest life insurer saying that once they filter out COVID deaths, they've got a 40% increase in all cause mortality. And and they know exactly where it's from. Exactly. Do you feel bad for those people at all? Those people who are part of the psyop? Do you, like they're I dead. feel bad for all of us. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, they don't even know though, right? They they're, they're completely. I mean, at least we're happy. I mean, they don't even. They're they got damaged. They had they. I mean, they actually were performed. They had some fucked up thing performed on their brain. At least, at least we have. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you want an argument, you're gonna have to find another subject. 
Uh, Paul Sebastian uh, here in the comments. Uh, Sevon, uh, please thank Greg personally for me for everything he has done in the fitness space and health and wellness. I've been doing CrossFit since 2008 and was diagnosed with multiple uh, myeloma in October. What's that? My- myeloma. Skin? Something with the skin? Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cancer. Right? Thank you, Paul. I, uh, I hope you get better. I hope you heal up, buddy. Oh, oh Paul. Thank you for the kind words and, uh, and uh, wishing the best to help. Uh, Paul says, I'm now one month post-transplant and back doing CrossFit, and I would have never gone through this without, uh, without I think he means without CrossFit. Someone else wants to only listen to the parts of the podcast where you're speaking. Thank you, Scott. How far back do I have to go to catch all of Greg? He came on early. Greg came on in the first 10 minutes. If you don't want to hear my shit, start 10 minutes in. Uh, Greg, there is um, uh, so many things I, I, I want to ask you about, but we're reaching the end. But I, I need to have you back on. I want to talk to you about um, a couple things. The importance of, of how important do you think it is that you pull kids out of school? Um, what if you can't afford to do it? All the excuses people have to not homeschool. Um, and then I also want to talk about um, the, your dad passing uh, in the last two years and any advice you have for uh, uh, people um, – what things you wish you would have done different, what you miss about your dad, what he contributed to your life, stuff like that. So maybe we can, uh, maybe next week sometime we could uh, uh, regroup. Yeah, great. You're talking to me, tell me that? Yeah, I'm just telling you that. I'm, we've, I think we've run out of time. I want to go, I want to come see you. I'm, I'm like 90 minutes in and I, I want to like put on my shoes and come find you now in person. That, and went, out with you. that went fast. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to share yeah, you with everyone else right anymore. To... Yeah, I'm ready to go. But, have I, but I would, you. Those, are, those are all some great things and I have a lot to say on all of that. Okay. I'm going to answer part of it right now. I mean, okay. In the same sense of you need to talk to your kids every day as if you may not see them again, the same thing with your parents. Right. And uh, my dad stood up there in front of us all six years ago at the CrossFit Health Conference at the Games and uh, went on and on and on about P-values. <laughs> there wasn't a person in the room interested, <laughs> sadly. And, that, and now I'm that guy. And so, you know, we talk about effective communication. Um, what he had to tell us about was probably the most important thing you could talk to anyone about, especially given what we were just talking about. And that is, the, you know, what happened in, 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 in terms of public health. And it's a, it's a science failing is what it is. When anyone gets up there and talks about trust the science, and I learned this from Matt Priggs, what the fuck is the science? Right. Right. Um, you, you got a problem right there. The science is settled. And I wish I had tuned into his message sooner, but I was trying to run this company. But now that's become my life's work to continue in that, in that, in that vein. And in closing, I just share with everyone that, you know, I did everything I could to avoid my father's lessons and took refuge in the gym and applied his lessons almost unwittingly and developed the fastest growing chain in world history. I, I, I didn't want to have my own gym, much less launched 15,000, but it did happen. And uh, from that vantage point, we saw that medicine was similarly afflicted with the same academic shortcoming and thrust from the fitness space suddenly in 2020, uh, I was in perfect position to answer the question, what is it that presented the opportunity for me in, in fitness? That is, what is the nature of the academic shortcomings in the fitness space? What is the nature, cause, etiology? What, 
what is it that creates this shortcoming in the health space, in the public health space? And it, and ultimately, like, what has happened in academic science that's created this, this horrific mess that is the replication crisis. And the, the replication crisis is real, and you know, that, it's, that we can't trust studies in psychology and sociology, economics, and gender studies may not come as a surprise to anyone, but to learn that the epistemic debasement of modern science that has so afflicted the social sciences has also uh, caught medicine right between the eyes. Yeah. It, it is also perfectly unreliable. So, you know, I wish I had understood my father's message more clearly. And I'm fortunate that I got out of it what I did, being perfectly 100% resistant to it. Uh, what it would have been like if I had, a, a, you know, like read his book when he asked me to a thousand times. So yeah, regret, do it again, it's that kind of shit. Love you. I'll see you today. Let's go to breakfast. Come on over. Okay, cool. Uh, and I will, thank I- you everyone for, for listening to two old friends talk about, talk about life. I'll give you a call in about 10 minutes. All right, sir. Okay, bye. 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 Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Glassman, uh, Philip Kelly, uh, break, uh, five dollars for uh, breakfast for, uh, tacos. Thank you. I'm gonna get a jalapeno and sausage omelet um, over at the restaurant. Uh, Paul, Sebastian, thank you, Sevon, for keeping Greg's message alive in the space. Here's the thing, uh, Paul. I appreciate that. Um, here's the thing. I say this with zero fucking humility. He can do this with anyone. I, I I am not sure why uh, I, I feel that way about pretty much anyone who comes on the podcast, uh, whether it be uh, T- T- Tyler Watkins, uh, uh, Brian Friend, Dave Castro, uh, Patrick Beth David, but Greg Glassman, he could go anywhere. He could do podcasts every day now till the day he dies. And sure, there's some people like it's fucking crazy that someone like Joe Rogan hasn't um, doesn't have him on. I mean, he, Greg is fucking so rad. Uh, he, he's made for this medium is made for him. Um, he, he, he's easily up there with uh, uh, you know Jordan Peterson in, in terms of just quotes and and. The, the processor he has, the shit that just would rain from him, the fruit from the Greg Glassman tree would just rain. He just needs the right stimulus, right? So uh, he could he could go on platforms. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm honored and, and excited and like so proud, not humbled. I'm so proud that he'll do this uh, for me. So um, I, although you're saying thank you, someone, for keeping his message alive, I'm st- – I can't believe he, he comes on here and lets me uh, pick his brain like this. This is cool as shit. And, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. You know, he told me a thousand times he'd come on the show. And, um, it's, and like, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm an easy friend and he's an easy friend. Uh, and then one day, finally, uh, I sent him the number and he called in. And here we are. We're now three or four uh, talks in. So, uh, um, we're we're looser. We're like when we're together, we're very loose. We're looser than than this. Um, but uh, each show, you're you're getting also a, a deeper and deeper insight into our uh, friendship, and we're and we're I think we're there's some subtleties and nuances that are that you guys will see start leaking out. But we're not usually. I don't talk to him quite this <laughs> formally. Um, so um, 
I, I, I have, uh, I have a contact right now that is inside one of the regionals. Um, uh, I, I'm assuming it's the Northeast. It's not Africa. Oh yeah. It's a North America East. And I'm trying to get this person to uh, hit, hit a link or call me. Let me see if I can uh, send the phone number. What, what is the phone number here? Uh, let me see if uh, he'll call in nine uh, two eight. Five eight three three nine zero three. Can you just call? Oh, by the way, uh, I I did see that uh, Matt Souza did make a schedule. Um, uh, Souza, what's the schedule? Uh, and he and uh, I have him put uh, thirty. Oh, oh. Not you. Not you. <laughs> uh, I've created a semifinals thread. These are all the people that I want to harvest uh, intel, pictures, video, reporting from uh, during the next uh, four or five days. And so I've started this thread, and I told one of the guys to call in, but there's like 15 people on the thread, so someone's like, I, I can't call you. I'm in an airplane. You know, you're not supposed to call. Um, I'm calling in soon. I need to rant about my husband. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Hey, dude, what's up? What's up? Hey, thanks for calling. You are at the, uh, Mike Halpin, uh, you are at the North America East Regional. You're inside the venue. Semifinal, yes. So what did I say? What did I call it? Regional. Uh, re- yeah, semifinal. Okay. I, po- I apologize. Yeah. Uh, so, what, what does it start today? Starts tomorrow. There's volunteer check-in and setup today. Fantastic. Are there any rules? I'm assuming there's no rules about you calling in and telling us uh, what you see and what you hear and what you smell and what you feel. Um, but <laughs> but what what about video? Are you allowed to uh, stream with us? Uh, I will be working with the broadcast team with Chase and folks um so probably not me but right okay okay fair enough oh and, and, and what do you see does is the place set up it, it, it um completely set up do you see like the floor set up and yeah the floor's down uh look it's looking good in there i don't i haven't really seen any athletes or anything like that yet but um but yeah the the teams are definitely here setting up and uh, it looks pretty good uh it's pretty loud in there they've been doing mic checks and stuff you're not actually in there right now. You're like around the perimeter no. of the venue. Yeah. And um, uh, registration. Are you seeing a lot of athletes registering? Uh, I think that officially starts tomorrow, but I've seen uh, a couple of coaches and people knowing about. So if the wait tomorrow's fr- tomorrow's there. Friday, registration's got to be today. It's got to be today. Today's Wednesday. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Well, fine. Why are you there so early? Don't you have like a day job and shit? No. This is how I have fun, I guess. Uh, yes, I do. But here I am. Early right. flight was the only option. Um, should I should I speak to you um, with a code name just in case your employer's listening or uh, um, or your wife's listening and they think that you're somewhere else? No, they're aware of how big of a nerd I am, so it's fine. Okay. Um. Anything? <laughs> any, uh, I'm, I'm stoked that uh that you're on the ground. Anything you'd like to share? Anything surprising? Um. Looks like is it is it more beautiful and and robust and fantastic than you thought uh, or, or 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 the opposite anything like that 
yeah, there's a good amount of vendors here. It looks like everybody's setting up. Uh, the floors are all down, so 20 lanes across is wow pretty tight, but they'll get it done. So, um, and there then, you go, buddy. That's um, some good intel. 20 lanes. You heard it here first on the Sevon podcast. And then there are the two floors here at NA East and then same be it West and Europe. So it does look like everything that has been said is true. There's only, I can see um, a few of the production folks are already setting up cameras and stuff like that. So um, it is going to be all on the, the side with the rig on it. So the pull-up rig and all that. Meaning all the camera stuff is dedicated to uh, one of the floors and the other floor will be like Stuff that it'll have uh, some community events, and then it's those three events that won't be uh, broadcast on Friday and Saturday. How many events did you say? Three? You mean two? Three. Three. Oh, I thought three it was total. Just, there's thought, two. There's two individual events and one team event. Ah, yes, yes. Who gives a fuck yep. about the team event? But but I appreciate your accuracy. Oh, a rogue. Is there a rogue? Is there a rogue tent there? Is there a rogue vendor there? Is there? Can I can I get rogue shit? Uh, it looks like it. I've seen a lot of it. Uh, there's a CrossFit affiliate booth that looks pretty big right as you go in. There's all the new sponsors they've announced are all setting up here. Um, still, still early in the day, I think. Um, to be able to tell too much, but yeah, uh, they're here. Assault is here. So uh, let me let me ask you this too. This is from our uh, our European correspondent uh, Pedro. Uh, from the uh, great coffee pods and wads um uh, he has a question for you uh, can uh, mr halpin can you see any of those giant checks um so we can find out what the prize is for the event that starts tomorrow the prize money did you see any giant checks or have any insights into the prize money i have not seen anything that would tell me one way or the other on that okay uh, wait for the podium on sun- sunday i guess Another great question from our correspondent out in a farm somewhere in Iowa, Logan Mars. Is Jocko Fuel there? That's a good question. Yes, they are. Oh, awesome. Well, shit, they didn't mess a around. Lot of, a lot of Jocko Fuel is sitting right right at the front. Yeah. Do you think? Can you reach out and just sample one? Is there a free sample you could taste right now and give us some uh, feedback on? Uh, I'll have to see about that next time I'm on. Okay. If I have some. All right, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, that is the first report for the Sevon podcast here on Wednesday, May 17th for the uh, North America uh, East semifinal. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. Talk, talk to you soon. soon. All right. Yep. Bye-bye. It, 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 I'm so proud of this show. God damn, I'm proud of this show. Susie, you should be proud of this show, too. So should you, Caleb. You guys should be so proud. Oh my goodness, I'm so proud. <laughs> oh man. All right, here we go. Uh all right. Um uh Halpin is there, Jocko Fuel is there, Rogue is there. Uh it's Wednesday. Oh, okay, there he is, Caleb Beaver. So proud. Yeah, you should be. It's fucking awesome. Oh, someone sent me a DM with some more beaver names. I wish I could remember them. They were good. Uh, Hiller's therapist. We're proud of you, Sevon. Are you allowed to say that as a therapist? Isn't that a little... Um... Sevon, did you try to text Will? I mean, I, 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 every, I don't have a text thread that Will's not on in my phone. Even the one with my mom and my, my wife. and, and she, she, he, Will's on all of them. 
Yes. Thank you, Yanni. My connections are on fire. Not Harry Beaver. It was something better. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, time to eat. I will. Um, I, I think that there is there a show tonight. Oh, yeah. There's a show tonight uh, with um, Hunter and Hiller. I think tonight's show is going to be wild. I think there will be some intense uh, steroid talk. The show is supposed to be kind of like a farewell party to pump up uh, Hunter before his um, High Rocks event. But I suspect that this show is going to be wild. Okay. I will uh, see you guys uh, this evening. Bye-bye.